So, Simon, let me pose a question to you. Well, case and question. Okay. How is it that if I offend somebody, I see nothing wrong with it, yet if that same person or someone else offends me in a different regard, I'm I'm extremely angry. Do I not see the fault? I don't know. Huh. I have absolutely no idea. Okay. Okay. So... I was trying to do a segue <laughs> into our topic for the day. Oh, man. Um, oh, so if you didn't know by now, our topic for the day is sin. Um, more specifically, original sin. Um, no, our topic is what's wrong with people. Right, but we're focusing on original sin, no? Yeah, but you, you got to say, we're wrong with people. You got to say, babe, so they can practice in, but... Okay, let's take it back. Our topic for the day is what's wrong with people. <laughs> but the focus on original sin. So once again, my name is Robert. And my name is Sami. Okay, and we're your hosts for the Two Nomads. And thank you. Thank you for joining us. Um, let's let's get right into it. I think we can jump into it. So um, before we start to talk about sin itself, I think I want to put a, 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 I guess, a, my thoughts on it in our society. Mm-hmm. So... I hate to give generalizations, but I believe some Christians and even some some Bahamian Christians mm-hmm. see sin more so as a concept rather than an ever-present reality. Mm-hmm. They see it as, okay, it's in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, it's labeled as sin, transgression, iniquity, iniquity right? Um, but it doesn't have any real effect on me. Those mm-hmm. are just biblical terms, and that's mm-hmm. unfortunate. Um, I don't think they see it as, and once again, generalizing, but there's some truth in this. I don't think they see it as an issue that plagues us on a daily basis. And on, oh. uh, on a deep level. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people look at it on a surface level as um, some action that is separate from you. Or some action that you do, but it's not like in you or within you. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, like, sin is in you. And it's like at the core of your being, it's at your heart. Yeah. Christ says it doesn't. It isn't what you put in your mouth with the fires of mind, but it's what comes out of your mouth mm-hmm. because what comes out of your mouth comes from your heart. Mm-hmm. And then um, the scripture also says, like, the heart is deceitfully wicked and desperate above all things. And so it's at the core of humanity where this indwelling sin is, and that's a that's a big problem. It's a huge problem. So I guess. We could go back and forth on, you know, how people see sin. But I think seeing it rightly um, actually is more so for our benefit. Mm-hmm. Because if you see sin rightly, then not that sanctification itself becomes easier, but you know your enemy is more so within you um, mm-hmm. rather than outside of you. Um, I don't know if that would, I think that would connect to, you know, our enemies in flesh and blood, but it's, you know, principalities, etc. I think too, like when we, when we start to see sin rightly, it kind of helps us as we look towards God and we look at God and how he is. You know what I mean? So, uh, if we say sin is a lot of, not a big issue, when we turn around and say God is sinless or God is perfect and God is holy, then we don't really have a good, like, you know, it ain't a good measurement for us to truly conceptualize what it is that we say when we say God is holy, God is perfect, like he... Now, but like, sin, right. sin is far from him, and he don't want nothing to do with sin. Right. It's like, so what? 
know what I mean? So I think it's important for us to always like keep a high view of sin mm-hmm. because I think it also helps us as we view God and as we view ourselves. High view of sin, or keep it like it, it's 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 a real it's a reality. Yeah, when I say high view, I mean like that's not downplay and that's not okay, gotcha. part on the back. Oh, everybody's sin. Everybody's, Nobody perfect. Nobody's perfect. <laughs> so I think it's something that we have to truly like, um, like be like, this is a serious thing. This is this is a real serious thing. Okay. Right. So I guess next we could talk about some laying a foundation for sin. Where did it come from? Why why it here? Like what's up with that? Because in order to find out what's up with people, we got to start. I believe with the first set of people. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So. Um, Let's go to Genesis 2, because Genesis 2 is the context for Genesis 3, which talks about original sin. So if you look at the end of Genesis 2, um, God, well, not at the end. So let's go to the beginning of Genesis 2. God is creating everything. He said it's good. He made man, and he said it's good. And he said it's not good for man to be alone. Gotcha. So he made a woman. To go with man. And when Adam sees Eve, he sings a poem or he sings a song. Bone of my bones. Bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Like he's so happy, grooving. You know, this man just starts spitting poems. And. How old is he? To be singing, you know, writing poems. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Okay, you you, you blow my mind with that one. That's that's a question I don't don't know the answer to. But. So you see Adam and Eve, um, they have this good relationship going. Yeah. And it ends, chapter 2 ends by saying that they were both naked, but they were not ashamed. And so it, it hints and it shows that there was no guilt, there's no shame, there's no sin, there's like you, you're comfortable, you're vulnerable, all of this stuff, both in each other's presence and in the presence of God. So we fast forward to um, Genesis 3. Um, they eat the fruit. And the temptation was that you get to be like God. Uh-huh. And so reality, eating the fruit was a sin because one, it was a disobedience. And then two, it was idolatry that drive the disobedience. So it's the sin beneath the sin. But after they eat the fruit, then you notice how many different effects sin have on reality. Sure. And so the first one um, was the relationship between God and man. Okay. So before they sin, it was enjoying God's presence. After they sin, they see, they hear God's footsteps in the garden. They ran from him. Mm-hmm. So already it's showing like some discord. Like instead of trying to run to God, they running from God, like, I, let me get away mm-hmm. kind of situation. And then after that, you see a dis, uh, uh, discord, per se, or uh, the Disconnect. relationship between Adam and Eve mm-hmm. even fall away. One, they cover themselves from each other. Right. So showing the guilt and how sin affects their mind. Because first they got guilty and they hide themselves from each other. Mm-hmm. And then two, you saw this grown man who was writing poetry, 
<laughs> we're not even writing poetry. Speaking like spitting off poetry. Spin. He now says, "God, this is the woman that you gave me." The woman you he, he ain't even he ain't call her my wife. No, he ain't call her nothing. He's like that woman you gave, gave me. me. That's who gave me the fruit. And so you you see the like the disconnect, yeah. the this, rupture of that relationship that yeah. they had, and this descent into just a just trouble. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and it's sad that it had to be that way. Yeah, I feel sorry for them. <laughs> All right. Um, and then you saw the relationship between man and, and creation. Like mm-hmm. God said, curse is the ground for your sake. So that's why we have to like weed our yard all the time. And that's why like thorns and vines and all plant. of this stuff coming to choke up the plant. Yeah. Thanks, Adam. Yeah. So I have some plants on. Um, we, we've been struggling to keep them alive. Mm-hmm. You mean the violent. second? We, we didn't supposed to name drop. Oh, sorry. <laughs> we didn't supposed to name drop, but we have some plants and, you know, they, they were failing. Nevertheless. Oh no, wait, they feel him because you're not taking care of them because work they feel is insane. Him because they feel him because I don't know. <laughs> Okay. Because work is insane. Oh, if, if, what if, you trying if, to say though? I'm saying if you have plants, you keep them alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and you work hard at keeping them alive. I work hard to keep my plants alive. Yeah, but now you're saying they die in, but you're trying to relate that to Adam. Next point. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we talk about the relationships being destroyed as a, as a result of sin. And so I also mentioned how sin affects the mind mm-hmm. because the first thing they did was they got guilty. And second, I want to talk about how sin affects our actions. Okay. So that's, that's Genesis 3. We move over to Genesis 4. Um, and the Bible introduces Cain and Abel, two brothers. And so Cain is upset with Abel. And God countenance, like, like why why is your countenance fall? Mm-hmm. You no, know, like if you do good then you know you get rewarded, but and then he said, Sin is waiting at the door, like sin is waiting at the door and its desire is to have you. But you must rule over it. Mm-hmm. And you know how the story end. Cain grabbed the stone and he smashed he smashed it into Abel and first murder. And so it shows that I can't believe Cain was able to do that. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. You gotta write that down. Yeah. I can't believe Cain was able to do that. Yeah. But um, so it shows like a lack of, of power. God say you must rule over the sin, mm-hmm. but because Cain fall, it shows that it was actually the sin that ruled over him. And so it shows how sin affects our actions in that it weakens us, it enslaves us. So what you're saying is Cain never had a choice to give I feel like Cain had a choice, but Sorry, he was not a choice powerless. He was powerless to sin. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. And then sin affects our affections. And so fast forward down to the latter end of Genesis 4, a descendant of Cain is introduced by the name of Lamech. And Lamech took two wives and he killed a man. And he sang a song about it. So there's two songs introduced in the early chapters of Genesis. One was the song of Adam when he saw Eve. And the second was the song of Lamech after he killed a man and took his two wives. Huh. And so it shows that we enjoy sin. So we, 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 when we sin, it's not like 
we hate it. Like we take, we find pleasure in it. We see nothing wrong with it. And so the Bible is like breaking out, bam, 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 all these different ways that sin is a ever-present reality. And it was real then, and it's just as real now. Right, and it's showing like after Genesis one and two, just continual bloodshed. Yeah. Over and over and over. So essentially, God says, you give this fruit, you shall surely die. They didn't die physically right away. But this constant death, continual wickedness, just continues to show up in all the pages in of Scripture. All, and it shows up in all of humanity as well. So when we get to Genesis 6, Genesis 5 is just gene- genealogy. Mm-hmm. But when we get to Genesis 6, it says that God saw the hearts of man. He saw their intentions was just to do evil Continuously. continuously and it was from the heart that their which, intentions was evil which is a good um, a good checkpoint is for your heart to be evil continuously obviously means that there's no good in you mm-hmm. two brings back brings us back to the point that sin is this ever present reality and that if we could say if we grab anything from the ancient days <laughs> call it that bible days it's that um, it's it's that sin that's still here with us, and my concern was that professing Christians, believing Christians, Bible believing Christians, would know that that I I personally feel, and I'm sure some other Christians would probably agree that that probably is the biggest fight, if not, like even even though we have to fight in the world and stand firm mm-hmm. on our doctrine on mm-hmm. what we believe, that internal struggle sucks. Mm-hmm. That internal struggle will mark us until the end of the age. Yeah, but if you if you look at it as believers, we're not in the state that Cain was in. Mm-hmm. See, Cain was powerless to sin, but by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can overcome sin. Mm-hmm. And so for us now, it's a wrestle. It's a back and forth, you know? It shows um, that at least we know. Yeah, it shows one that we're aware of it. But it shows that we're not comfortable with it and we're not just laying down and let sin rule over us. But instead, we are turning now to rule over it. And so that's the difference between believers and non-believers. Like, we're not just laying down and, like, you know, sin of your way. We're like, no, we're going to do it God's way. We're going to glorify God. We're going we to dance. dance. Come to the sin. Yeah. You know? yeah, so what else would be... Uh, um, implication of sin, I guess, coming from Genesis. All right, looking at Genesis, um, another implication, I could say, sign of sin was the lack of accountability. Okay, going back to Adam and Eve. Going back to Adam and Eve. Okay. Adam, God came to them. Excuse me. God came to them and he was like looking for them. And they ran and it's like, oh, we ran because we were naked. He said, who told you were naked? And they started pointing fingers. And I said, oh, it's the woman you gave me. And then Eve was like, it was the serpent. But that whole time, there was no repentance. Adam never said, I'm sorry for doing it. Eve never said, I'm sorry for doing it. Even the serpent never said, I'm sorry. So nobody in this situation. I thought the serpent's going to say, I'm sorry for anything. <laughs> nobody in this situation repented. Nobody in this situation wanted to be held accountable for their actions. Instead, mm-hmm. they tried to justify their sins. And that is like a sign of an unrepentant person or somebody right. who, you know, is still in sin. That, that failure to 
be accountable or failure to accept that what I did was wrong. Mm-hmm. So they try to find ways to say, no, what I did was right. Mm-hmm. And you see, you see, um, relating that to the story of, and I'm paraphrasing, the Pharisee and the publican, was that? Uh, it was the Pharisee and the guy in the temple, mm-hmm. almost like yeah, all about like him, mm-hmm. and the next one is just like pleading out his heart. Mm-hmm. Um, so you see that again with you see that you know stringing from Adam and Eve mm-hmm. of this. Look at this person; they're they're disgusting, mm-hmm. they're terrible. Um, but you know, I'm not as bad as this. Yeah, he, he, so, he probably knew he had some sense, but he like, yeah, but at least I know like I know Tosca left though. Right, right. So it's this downward spiral of breaking relationships, breaking trust, um, pointing fingers at others. And as Christians, when you grow a soft heart um, because of the Holy Spirit or when you're given a soft heart and you look back, friends tell me hindsight is 2020. It's like, did I necessarily need to do all that? Like, and I'm sin is here, right? But yeah. if I've lied, mm-hmm. I've now broken your trust. I've now broken a relationship with maybe you and other family members. Mm-hmm. And now it's I have to regain that, mm-hmm. and it's almost like I'm on my own now. Mm-hmm. But I feel good because I'm scot free. Like I, I almost felt like I was trying to, I've accomplished something, but it, it didn't amount to anything. Not at all. Yeah. And the thing is about sin, like I was, like I was pointing out earlier with Genesis, but we could go down the list of the Ten Commandments. All sin does is ruin relationships. It ruin relationships. But I'm no God before me. So if you have another God, or you, you you know, hold somebody up as God, then that's a relationship between you and the real God that is fractured. Mm-hmm. Don't murder. That's a relationship between you and the person and their family that's fractured. Don't commit adultery. That's a relationship between you and your spouse. Mm-hmm. So if you so, look at all sins, it's like it's fracturing relationships. So... Let's go back to the one that you spoke on about immorality. Mm-hmm. So let's say boy and a girlfriend mm-hmm. and they, you know, be together. Mm-hmm. You know, you're trying to keep it PG. Um, and they're together. That necessarily to them, their relationship hasn't been fractured. Mm-hmm. Their relationship with God. It's fractured because But they don't take notice of who God is because yeah. they don't serve God. Yeah, and but the before you get to that, the reason why that situation would be sin is because we're essentially saying I know better. God says sex is for a husband and a wife. A husband and a wife. Mm-hmm. They're saying, no, I just love this person, so I'm gonna have, you know. So it's not even overtly saying it, but at the end of the day, it's still the sin beneath the sin. It's still that idolatry. I know better than God. I know it's okay. best for me. Gotcha. And so that's why even in that situation where they're saying that that relationship is infractive, that they actually um, still committing sin. Okay. Yeah. So as we continue on, um, what else should we, we think about considering sin itself and original sin? Um, the, the last point I saw is a lack of self-control. Okay. And so... We go, we go back to the fruit. Adam and Eve saw the fruit. They were presented with that opportunity. You know, you eat of this fruit, you'll be like, God, they just lack self-control. They just can't. Boom. I can do it. And you think the lack of self-control is, is just because I see it as 
I see it as better. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. It's like my view is the better view. I just think it's better. Also, you see with Ken, Ken lost his self-control. So he just took out Abel. See the lame act. He lacks self-control, so he just take another wife. I got two wives. I can kill him off. And I can sing about it. And I can. That's the song, crazy. the song, the song is the one that blow my mind though. Yeah. Like this man made a song, like a poem, like off of murdering someone. That's that's, that's crazy. Then let's let's then look at God's response. Yeah. So Genesis six, it mentions that God saw the heart of man that it was to do evil continually. Right. Right. And then it said. God was sorry that he ever made man. Yeah. And he said he's going to destroy the earth and kill all of the beings um, that walk the earth. So all of the animals, all the livestock, and all the humans. Gotcha. He said that he's going to... And so it just shows that... How much God dislikes sin. How much God dislikes sin to the fact that he's like, I willing to end all creation. Yeah. To deal with the sin situation, and it said the God remembers Noah. So Noah, Noah for us segues into being well. Noah is a type of Christ, mm-hmm. right? And then from Noah, why remember Noah? Let me say, let me let us start. Why remember Noah? Right. So when the Bible used the word "remember," particularly in the Old Testament, it's speaking about God's actions. And so when it say God remembered Noah, what it means, it it, it later explains it. That he went to Noah and he told Noah to build ark, and so it's just a, it's just showing that even with sin and with this issue with sin, God still shows grace. And uh, people, many people look at the Old Testament and they be like, "Oh, that's just wrath, wrath, judgment, judgment, judgment," and they overlook the grace that God shows. And so this whole situation with Noah. In the midst of God's wrath and His anger, and God about to judge sin, it shows that God is still gracious. Yeah, and yeah. so I think that's that's the, the key part of him remembering Noah. Him remembering Noah, and then remembering Noah. Noah is this type of Christ, like we said. And the beauty for us as Christians now is that we have hope in mm-hmm. fighting sin, mm-hmm. and that even though sin. Um, you know, red is ugly head in Genesis and is with us now and that it expresses itself in many different ways in our lives and our hearts, um, to our family members and to each other in the world. Um, our hope is in Christ, mm-hmm. Christ who came, lived and died, um, and his resurrection power through the power of the Holy Spirit um, gives us the ability to fight, gives us mm-hmm. the ability to to not let sin rule over us. Mm-hmm. I think there's a, a portion in Corinthians, I could be mistaken, where... Um, the Paul talks about not allowing, not al- not submitting to a yoke of slavery. Um, I shouldn't quote Bible stuff if I don't know him. <laughs> but uh, he, there's one part of 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 Paul's epistle where he speaks about sin not being able. Don't let sin reign in your mortal bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way he describes it, or the way he talks about it, comes off as don't let sin reign because it can't reign mm-hmm. because the Holy Spirit dwells in you because mm-hmm. God lives in you mm-hmm. as a Christian you're always going to be uncomfortable or you should always be uncomfortable with sin in your life um, and now sanctification on a day by day basis of working that out daily taking you know one step at a time but taking the steps nonetheless 
because we have the Holy Spirit who is determined to make us look like Christ, mm -hmm. look like him um, and be a reflection of the son of God. So in that, as we look at the Old Testament, which, you know, there's people who actually like negate the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. I think the Old Testament being that that, that beautiful book, a uh, beautiful collection of books um, that shows us, listen, this is a bloodbath from just disobeying God. Um, and Jesus being that, that hope that gives us the ability to fight sin on a daily. Um, yeah, and, and, and I think that, that gives us peace and gives us encouragement to look in the past, to look at people like Noah, who was a type foreshadowing who was to come. And now us in, to, in 2021 uh, um, have the hope that no one can look forward to. Mm -hmm. The living hope. Now, another thing. Jesus. Sorry, right. So, uh, no. another thing that interests me is now that I know what original sin is, mm -hmm. now that I know that sin is present and ever present reality and not just a concept, an abstract concept, mm -hmm. how do we fight? Because obviously, Murder happens still today. That's not downplaying it. A lot of people are, you know, unfortunately, mm -hmm. um, still being killed. But on a day-to-day -day in a, you know, developing nation or first world country, where we get up at 7 a.m. and we go to work, um, work 9 to 5, 7 to 3, and we come home, we might not necessarily want to attack somebody all the time, but, mm -hmm. like, our sins are eternal. So how do I, internal, so how do I fight, fight sin internally? Like, what are some practical steps in fighting original sin or sin, indwelling sin, sorry? Put on, guys. Okay. Put on the full armor, guys. Mm -hmm. um, but Roman 12 put it beautifully. It says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Mm -hmm. And so the only way we as believers um, can be equipped to combat sin and to, to go against sin on a daily basis is to be renewed in the word of God. On a daily. On a daily basis. Being renewed on the, in the word of God. So that's, that's essential. <clears throat> I think too, um, having pairs and having like a community of believers who would help to keep you accountable. Somebody who, who come there and help you. And they have they, they are really helpful in your in your war as believers. So I think those two really good. But most importantly is, is, is trusting in Christ. Right. You know, because apart from Christ, you can't do nothing. And it's only by Christ and by the power of the Holy Spirit that we can overcome sin. Gotcha. Um there's a 17th century theologian that I, I read. I'm reading his book. Um, it's a nice book. And so it takes me some time. I'm not the fastest of readers. But his name is John Owen. John Owen has a lot to say concerning sin itself and dwelling sin, the modification of sin, in a book called Overcoming Sin and Temptation. Mm -hmm. um, in that, he speaks about, in like its opening pages, early pages, sorry, he speaks about Knowing your, your wiles, knowing categories, knowing, knowing what makes you tick, mm -hmm. knowing what gets at you. And I think that's, I guess for us in today's um, culture, we call that being self-aware, mm -hmm. um, knowing what gets at me. If I know that seeing bottles of wine takes me back to a certain time in my life, I may not necessarily want to sit at the table or hang around this particular place. But that's only to protect me. That doesn't scorn anybody. It doesn't make them feel bad. It's to protect myself. It kind of, it kind of reminds me of 
the sermon that Pastor Julian gave on Sunday when it's like knowing your limits. Mm-hmm. So it's like knowing yes. what you struggle with mm-hmm. and avoiding for avoiding it. Right. So I think Paul say flee temptation or right. Like you even say, right? You even say, walk away. He says, no, flee, like run, get away. So you have to, in order for you to flee, you have to know what you're running from. You have to know what you struggle with and what your issues are. Yeah. So I think that that's good. Yeah. And even though, um, and even though we could say, you know, a lot of people know us. Who knows us better than ourselves? You know, at least should know us better than ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, knowing your your triggers is really important. All right, but um, I want to close with this. This is a passage from Ephesians 2, mm-hmm. reading from verse 1 to 5, and it's in the ESV. It says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived. In the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. That's our, our, our natural position. And then he says this beautiful, beautiful transition. But God, <laughs> but God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Yeah. And with that, we end another session of Two Nomads. Thank you all for listening. Um, please comment, subscribe, let us know your thoughts. Um, thank you.